0: Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We believe that the Holy Spirit gives us the direction and the power to accomplish the will of God in our lives. But what happens when we're the ones that block the move of the Spirit? Today we're joined by Pastor Adam Blazek. Pastor Adam is the youth and young adults pastor at Erie First, and he's going to share about the things we sometimes do that stop or at least get in the way of the movement of the Holy Spirit. But along with the things that can prevent the Holy Spirit from moving, he's also going to give us the necessary steps to ignite the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our community. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Adam.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Adam. I am uh, so excited and honored to be able to share uh, God's word to the people of God this morning. I have a question to start, and you are supposed to answer it out loud, okay? So I'm gonna ask you a question, please answer it honestly, out loud. My question is this, do you want to see God move more in your life? Amen. Do you wanna see God move more in your family? Amen. Do you wanna see God move more here at Erie First Assembly? Amen, hallelujah, I do too. Well, I wanna share a word this morning from the Holy Spirit. that God gave me during a staff meeting that our church staff meets every Tuesday. And one of the Tuesdays in late January, we had some time. We were asking the Holy Spirit to talk to us, and I felt him speak something to me. And I want to share you what Holy Spirit said to me. He said, if you don't quench me, I won't be quenched. If you don't quench me, I won't be quenched so before i get into this word for today i want to play a a quick video from april 18th just a few weeks ago right here on this stage in this church um god spoke a word through a brother of ours and i just want to have us watch that quickly
2: many of us have been praying for revival and a great spiritual awakening in our community in our nation and around the world the question the lord would ask is Are you willing, am I willing to be more cooperative with the Holy Spirit than I've ever been before? Father, I also believe that he would ask us to ask this question of ourselves and corporately as a body. Where have I grieved the Holy Spirit's? Where have I resisted the Holy Spirit? And finally, where have I quenched
1: the Spirit's fire? Amen. So I, I know that it's not a coincidence that God placed that word on uh, Brother Jeff's heart to share just a few weeks before I was going to bring a word in a very similar vein, um, if you don't quench me, I won't be quenched. And then the, the Holy Spirit continued to talk to me, and he said, the devil is not a problem for me. I said, well, okay. He said, if you don't quench me, I won't be quenched. And, and Satan, he's not a problem to me. And Jesus makes this very clear in Matthew sixteen eighteen, He says that on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not overcome it. And so it's very, uh, very clear, the kingdom of darkness of the devil loses. (laughs) The kingdom of God, the children of God, we prevail through the blood of Jesus, through the power of God, period. We have to get this understanding into our hearts, very simple truth, but it changes the way that we operate as Christians. If we think we're in this fight, like we have to win something, we're going to approach things very differently as opposed to, oh, no, no, he's a loser and a punk, the enemy. And so we are going to approach it in such a way that we have faith in our God and we have confidence to move about our lives, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our friends groups, to shine the light of Christ because we know that the victory is won. So before we open our our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I want to make an important point. And the point is this. There is no need for the body of Christ, for us, to be focused on the plans of the devil. So if I can tell you all about the latest shooting and the terrible darkness that is coming through our country and all of these things, but then you ask me, well, what's the Holy Spirit doing right now in the country, in our church? If I don't have an answer for what the Spirit is doing, then I'm missing it as a child of God. I'm I'm downloading the wrong information. I'm highlighting and, and proclaiming the wrong information. And so I'll give you an example. Some of you might know this, maybe not. I used to play basketball before I came here to Erie first. I played a lot of basketball, and in my career, we never spent time preparing for games, focusing all of our effort on the opponent. Okay, so we spent a lot of time with our teammates. We spent a lot of time going through our plays. So we knew exactly what our plays were, where our sets were. When coach called something, we knew exactly what we were doing. Now, we also had a scouting report on the enemy, on the opponent. So we knew about certain things. So let's say number 50 is a big muscular 6'10 guy. He rebounds really well. We got to box him out. I'm speaking basketball terms. Or maybe number 10 is a great shooter. He, he doesn't miss, so don't leave him open. The scripture says the same thing for us as Christians. The Apostle Paul says, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. We're if you if you read second Corinthians or Second Timothy three, it tells all about the signs of the end times. We're aware of what's going on. But it is so clear in Revelation chapter two and three, many times it says, Whoever has ears, let them hear and let them know what the Spirit is saying to the church. So we have to get in this position of not being unaware. We're not clueless of what's going on. We know how he operates, we know the things he likes to do, what type of lies he likes to speak what his work looks like, the enemy. But we're not focused on that. We are having our ear tuned to the Holy Spirit of God to know what is he saying to the church? What is he saying to Erie first? What is he saying to the ecclesia in Erie? To the people of God in our country? What is he prophesying over America right now? That's important for us to know that. So God is not focused on nor afraid of Satan, and we as his children should not be either. We have nothing to fear because we have the living God inside of us. If we start believing that, the devil is actually afraid of true manifested sons and daughters of light. So if the devil and all his demons cannot stop God and his kingdom, what can? It's the Christian who is living in unbelief, in ignorance, or sin that will stop God's spirit from advancing God's kingdom. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to 1 Thessalonians 5. If not, we'll throw it up on the screen. Paul is telling the church some brief instructions. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And what we'll focus on today, verse 19 says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. So it makes sense that Paul coupled this warning with some encouragement. But how are we going to pray always and rejoice always if we are so focused on darkness? That's why it's coupled with don't quench the Holy Spirit. Know what he's doing and partner with what he is doing in your life. So how do we ensure that the fire of God is not quenched in us? I have three spirit quenchers and three spirit igniters that I want to cover briefly before we get back into worship. And I want to cover these for a reason. Because... There is a great move of God coming to Erie first. There is a great move of God coming to Erie, Pennsylvania. And there is a great move of God coming to America. This is exciting to the people of God, amen. I'm so glad that y'all are as excited as I am. So if I know that there's a great move of God coming, I wanna be a part of it. I wanna partner with the Holy Spirit and say, what is my role in this? Not how am I quenching, how am I stopping God from moving his plans for our city, for my family, for the ministries that God has us involved in. So the first quencher of the Holy Spirit is unbelief, is unbelief. Jesus says these words in Mark 11, 22 and 23 and 24. Jesus says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, Jesus says, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Last week, Pastor Pastor Nicole covered wisdom in James chapter 1. In the verses right after what she was covering, it says, If we doubt, we should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That will be tossed back, back and forth like waves. So I don't want to be a person ever that quenches the Holy Spirit from moving in my life because I didn't believe he could move. So my question to you, what area in your life are you doubting God can move in right now? Think about that. Answer that in your head. What area am I saying, this person's just too far gone. There's no way they'll be healing in this relationship. I can never forgive that person. What part of your life is unbelief quenching God's Holy Spirit? Because Jesus said some very encouraging words. He says in Mark 9, all things are possible for the one who believes. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. So I don't want to stand at a situation and look at it and say nothing can happen. When I serve a God of the impossible, coming to be possible. Amen? So unbelief. Quenches the Holy Spirit. It can look like putting God in a box. Religion. Religion quenches the Holy Spirit. Religion says God can move like this, but he he won't do that. He couldn't use that person or say it like that. or He would never say, do this. Now, obviously, we test everything according to the scripture. But we need to lay down our understanding of what God can do and allow him to show us how awesome of a God he is. Thinking miracles won't happen anymore, which I know we don't believe at this church. If we say, well, the gifts don't happen anymore, well, we're probably not going to see the gifts. But if we believe that miracles will happen, then we will begin to see them. It all works through our faith. Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. If you believe, I'm disqualified. God could use someone else. He can't use me. Now we're in unbelief and we're not going to see the works of God that we long for in our hearts. We have to believe for them. And we will see. And if we partner with what we see with our eyes and not what's according to the word of God, we will quench the Holy Spirit. If I look at a situation and I let it dictate how I feel and what I think about it, as opposed to letting God's word dictate and say, no, God promised this. I'm going to believe on this until that situation bows to the word of God. When we do that, we will see things change. So I'm declaring, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that unbelief will no longer quench the Spirit of God at Erie First. (laughs) Hallelujah. Your faith, your faith is a spirit igniter. When we live in faith, ooh, the Holy Spirit will move, I promise you that. Okay, the second spirit quencher that we have to deal with is ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance is not a harsh word. It just means you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Spiritual ignorance, specifically as we're talking about, is this unintentional or intentional lack of knowledge in the word of God. Oh, I just didn't know it said that. I don't know the promises of God. When we sing with Pastor Quint, all his promises are yes and amen. If I don't have a clue what the promises are, how can I say yes and amen to that promise in my life? So, ignorance, spiritual ignorance, leads to immaturity in Christ Jesus. Now, in Ephesians 4, Jesus gave what he called the fivefold ministry, well, what we call the fivefold ministry. Some of you might know of it, maybe you haven't heard of it before. The fivefold ministry is given to the body of Christ its apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And Jesus said that he gave those so that you, so that I, so that the body of Christ becomes mature. The scripture says, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness in Christ. The fivefold is so that we are no longer ignorant, so that we have good prophets hearing the voice of the Lord and speaking it. So that we have good pastors leading the flock, so that we have good teachers breaking down the word of God like Pastor Nicole. That is, the purpose of that is not so we can have church. It's so that we can all grow and be, become mature sons and daughters of the living God. Christians of all ages who have genuinely accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, they've been born again. Some have gotten stunted in their growth. Why? I think many times stunting in your growth or in my growth in the Lord comes from wrong thinking. When we have these wrong thinking and thought patterns and cycles, we stunt our growth from what God intends for our lives. So if faith burns up unbelief, discipleship in the word of God will burn up spiritual ignorance. Discipleship in God's word, when we get together in small groups and we really go through the word, when we hear the word taught on Sundays, when we ask for ourselves, the Holy Spirit, teach me your word. He is the best teacher there is. When we make an intentional effort to be discipled in God's word, ignorance gets burnt up. It becomes no longer a spiritual quencher because we know who we are and we know who God is. So I wanna take you quickly down a three-stop discipleship pathway. Three stops. Step number, stop one, the cross. Stop two, the empty tomb. Stop three, the heavenly place. Okay, so every Christian, everyone here who is born again and those who are not born again, we we have a good news for you. Jesus loves you and he wants you in his kingdom. But all of us who have been born again started at the cross of Calvary. Amen? We all stood before the cross and said, I need a Savior. I cannot do it anymore. My life, I need Jesus. We all start at the foot of the cross. But if you look into Scripture, you'll know that there were more than just lovers of Jesus at the foot of his cross. Who else was there? The religious leaders, the Pharisees, were at the foot of the cross, sneering at Jesus. The worldly Roman soldiers who didn't really have a hand in it, they were just doing what they were told. They were at the foot of the cross. So as as brothers and sisters, we cannot stay at the foot of the cross. This is what happens when you stay at the foot of the cross and just continually gaze at the bruised body of Jesus. You either turn religious or worldly. If I stop there and I don't go to the empty tomb in the heavenly place, if I just stay at the foot of the cross, I will continually be reminded of how sinful I was what I did to the Lord Jesus. Then I'll start trying to work back to repay Jesus for what he did, that's religion. I'll start, God, I gotta just work for you to to earn what you did for me. Or if you continually get stuck at the foot of the cross seeing what Jesus did for you and you don't move on in your maturity, then you can turn worldly. You'll just keep saying, there's no way I can do this Christian thing. I just, look what I did, look what I did to him. And a Christian with a new heart could turn back to the world. So we have to go to the empty tomb. The empty tomb symbolizes the resurrection, life, and power of Jesus Christ. It symbolizes that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. So when we move on from the cross, we have accepted that we need Jesus. We've been born again. We take it on to the empty tomb. Now we go in there. Nobody's in there. (laughs) Jesus is not in the empty tomb. It's empty. He has risen. He has risen. Hallelujah. As believers, we have to live with this understanding that Jesus isn't stuck on the cross. He's not in the grave. He is in the heavenly place. And so the lovers of Jesus went from the cross to the empty tomb. And when Jesus saw Mary Magdalene, he said, don't stay here. I gotta go. I'm going to Galilee. And so the empty tomb should point us to the heavenly place where Jesus Christ is seated right now. Ephesians 2.6 says that Christ Jesus has seated us you, with him in the heavenly places. He has seated us in the heavenly places. To be seated with Christ in the heavenly place is to become a son or daughter of God. Where is the he- who, who dwells in the heavenly place? God. So if I'm going to stay in God's dwelling place, I should be his child. Let me give you an example that might uh, resonate more with younger and, and parents. But how many of you have gone to a friend's, a new friend's house, or maybe an acquaintance's house that you didn't really know that well, and you had this like uneasiness, kinda? You were like, it, "Can is can I go to the bathroom? Like where's?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's right over here, right on the corner." You may yeah, or like you don't just like go into their fridge. You're like, "Is do you have a cup of water I could have?" Like there's this uneasiness. You're not just like going to the sink, into the cupboard because you are not a child of that house now contrast that with being in your own house or in your dad or mom's house. You're not saying, mom, can I, go to the, can I use the bathroom? No, you just go to the bathroom. You, sorry, parents, but your st- kids go right to the fridge and they eat whatever they want because they're in their father's house. And so I have, a, there are some Christians, some of us who are living like strangers in our father's house. God, do you forgive me? Yes, he does. He showed that. God, are you with me in this situation? Can I use the fr- Yes. The spirit will never leave you or forsake you. We have to begin to live as children of God. And when we do that, we come boldly to the throne room of grace. We come and ask God, God, I need mercy for my mess up. I'm not ashamed. God, I know you forgive me. I'm sorry. We come for grace and say, Lord, I need your power. Empower me to love my wife, to love my husband, to be a good worker, to be a good parent. The children of God have this intimacy with the Father, and that is in the heavenly place. I love how Paul puts it sometimes. He says, why are you acting like mere humans? I'm like, wow. We are more than that. You are born again in the spirit of God. And so we need to begin to act and live in the heavenly place in our everyday lives. Those in the heavenly place fellowship with God on earth as it is in heaven. They become one with the Holy Spirit that lives in them. And they become fire starters, never fire quenchers. So I'm declaring in the name of Jesus Christ that ignorance has no place in the body of Christ here at Erie First Assembly. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The last spirit quencher is sin, probably the most obvious. A Christian living in sin will always quench the Holy Spirit. His first name is Holy His first name is holy. So here's the thing. If you and I don't deal with unbelief and ignorance, it will result in sin. Not knowing the word of God and the freedom in the truth will keep you and I enslaved to the lies. Jesus says, whoever knows the truth will be set free by the truth. If I don't have a clue what it says in there, then I'm going to be a Christian who lives still enslaved. Oh, that is not your inheritance. Not knowing or believing in the word of God is an invitation for sin in your life. But I got good news. Once you and I know the word, we believe the word and we obey the word, watch out, sin. We will be transformed by the grace of God. The word of God in John 1 came full of grace and truth. This thing is full of truth and grace. Receive it. If you're stuck in sin, burn it up through repentance and the blood of Jesus. Because (laughs) holiness, holiness is a spirit igniter. Faith is a spirit igniter. Knowledge of God's word is a spirit igniter. And holiness is a spirit igniter. When we walk with those things which are your inheritance in God, you will see the Holy Spirit move in ways that you've never seen him move before. So I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that sin is not welcome here at Erie First Assembly and it has no power over the people of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is saying to you if you don't quench me, I won't be quenched. Every single one of you who are born again believers in Jesus, you have an inheritance of abundant life. That is what is yours. Your inheritance is freedom. Your inheritance is peace. Your inheritance is joy. Your inheritance is love. It's time for us as the children of God to begin to walk and say, God, I'm going to receive my inheritance because Jesus said it's finished. He already bought it. It's time for us to ask in faith and to receive that and to start and walk in that. The earth groans to see the sons and daughters of light manifested. We are called to live just as Jesus did. And you already know this, but Jesus Christ never quenched the Spirit of God. Not once. And we can live a life like Christ when we partner with the Holy Spirit. When we deal with these Spirit quenchers, we can begin to say what we hear the Father saying. And do what we hear the Fa- see the Father doing, just as Christ did. Now, I promise you this. God is eager to manifest his power in your lives. It's It's just what he wants to do. We serve a God who is almighty and we serve a God who likes to show off, who likes to say, I am the one true God. My glory belongs to no other. It's time for us to begin to let him show off in our lives so that we can praise God and have testimony and say, this is what he did. This is what he did. This is what he's doing. That's our inheritance through the living God. So it's on you. It's on me. It's on us as the family of God to choose to no longer quench Holy Spirit, to choose to partner with what God's doing in your life, because revival starts when each one of us choose to live in relationship with Holy Spirit. Romans eight fourteen says, the children of God are those who are led by God. That is our inheritance, is to be led by the living God. And so to activate this corporate move, I'm gonna invite the worship team, Back to the stage to activate this corporate move of God because God wants to do something today. This isn't a word to deal with on Thursday or or Tuesday. This is a word where God wants to do something in your life right now. So we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper together. So if you have your communion elements, go ahead and pull those out. If you don't have them, there's some tables in the back. You can grab one real quick and go ahead and get ready to partake in the Lord's Supper together as the family of God. Holy Spirit wants to help you burn away things that are quenching him in your life. Today. Maybe it's unbelief. Maybe you have unbelief in your heart. There's no condemnation or shame. I'm not putting you down. I'm saying unbelief is not your inheritance. You're not called to live in unbelief. You're called to live by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. So if unbelief maybe is in your heart, choose right now to partner with the Holy Spirit. Let repentance and faith burn away unbelief. Pray right now to the Lord. Father, forgive me for doubting what your word says, for thinking that you're not there or that you don't love me or forgive me. God, I believe in your word. I put my faith in your word and in your son, Jesus. Maybe it's ignorance in your life whether you've been saved for a year or several decades, maybe ignorance is stopping the Holy Spirit from moving in your life. I'm asking you to choose right now to commit to God and say, Lord, I'm gonna know your word. You gave it to me. I'm no longer gonna live in ignorance. Ask the Holy Spirit, come be my teacher. Come reveal truth, Spirit, You lead us into all truth. Show me your word. Oh, he's eager to answer that prayer in your life. Resolve in your heart to no longer let ignorance hold you back. And maybe it's sin in your heart. Maybe you're in here and you have something that you just can't get rid of. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not condemning you and saying, how dare you? I'm saying sin is not your inheritance. Freedom from it. Holiness is your inheritance. That's what you were made for, to walk in. So I'm asking you to do, deal with the Lord right now. Confess your sins to God. Jesus is faithful and just to cleanse us of our sins, to forgive us all unrighteousness. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. scripture says that Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread he gave thanks to his father and he broke it and he gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me so when we take partake in the symbolic body of Christ we are remembering the covenant and the promises and inheritance that we have as his children you may partake scripture says in the same way after supper Jesus took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me so when we partake in this we remember the new covenant that we have relationship with our father that we can come into his house and dwell with him because he loves you you may partake is new. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you want a new inheritance. Well, I have good news that the eternal life is a free gift from Jesus Christ. Through repentance of your sin and faith in Jesus Christ, you can be born again and join the family of God. And so if that's you today, I want you to make today the day of your salvation, to come up to the front when Quint leads us in this worship song, to see Pastor Nicole or Pastor Danielle or myself or altar team, and to give your life to the Lord Jesus, make the best decision of your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now the Lord has been speaking today Sister Lori has a word of knowledge for someone in the room today, or maybe watching online. So open your heart to receive.
3: Um, So this morning when I was getting ready to come to worship, the father was speaking to me and he told me that there was a woman who was coming to the house today. Um, He said she feels like she's at the end of her rope and like it's all done. Um, She's even gotten to the place of where she doesn't even trust that I'm in the midst of it. And I'm not trying to leave out any men. So if you feel like this is for you, feel free to receive what the father is speaking. But I know specifically today he said it was a woman and she felt like she was at the end. And the father said he wanted to reiterate to you that actually what you're facing, he said, I'm in it. He said, I'm in it and I'm bringing out a new portion and a new side of you that you would never even discover had I not allowed you to go through it. The father said that just as the the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that in this earthen vessel, there is a hidden treasure. So he's breaking you up and breaking you up and breaking up the situations, breaking up relationships, breaking up circumstances. And it looks like everything's falling apart. But the father said, actually... I'm reestablishing a new you and I can't do the new you without breaking you out of these old things. Um, and so we're just going to lean into that, into prayer for whoever you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward um, because we know right where we sit, who, if, it, if it's just for us. We know if we're at home in our living room, if it's for us. so we're just going to lean into that into prayer. So Father, I thank you for your daughter. I thank you for the purpose and the intent that you have for your daughter's life, Lord. We thank you, Father, that every word that you speak will be established, Father. We thank you that you said if we decree a thing, it shall be established in this earth. So establish your truth in your daughter's heart, Father. We thank you for shifting perspective, for shifting mindsets, Father. We thank you for eradicating anger, rage, hate, vengeance, Father. We thank you for depositing love, hope, meekness, kindness, Father, in every fruit of this we thank you for a total transformation from the inside out, Lord, for your daughter. We thank you even now for just causing her to release her quench of the Spirit, Father, to lean into just walking in the freedom of your Holy Ghost, God. So we thank you because we decree and declare that this day all things have changed for you, Father. So we just uh, speak into her week, we speak into her life that you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord in the earth. In Jesus' name, Amen.
2: See?
0: Thank you for listening to the Eerie First podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.